Hey, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to uh, our Facebook Live. And this will be on CT of Runoff Studies. And what I want to talk to you about is CT of Runoff Studies. Just a few um, other comments to make before we get started. Of course, CT Runoff Studies require contrast. And some of you may have heard this, but uh, some of the companies like GE have had issues uh, because of production of a lot of the contrast in China, Shanghai, for example, and transportation. So it is possible, I know GE is working hard to get around this, it is possible there could be some potential shortages of contrast. Now, all of you know in the past year we have had so many issues. We being you, me, and everybody else have had issues with shortages of all sorts of things, right? Uh, from needles to... Um, to every single thing we use, uh, to gowns. It's just been supply chain issues. So hopefully it's not gonna happen. Hopefully we're not gonna have a real crisis. I know GE is working very hard at its other plants and hopefully things are getting better in Shanghai, but just something to, to be aware of. And I'm sure probably your GE rep or whatever contrast company rep you use has probably spoken to you about it. So hopefully that will not be an issue, okay? Now, CTR runoff studies, we do a lot of CTR runoff studies. Now, why do we do them? Uh, this is not in the most frequent order, but we do them for trauma. So it could be a patient with an MVA where you have a femur fracture and you wanna make sure there's no vascular injury. It could be somebody with a stab wound or a gunshot wound. We wanna look at the trajectory of the injury and make sure there is no vascular injury. One of the things, of course, so with trauma, is CT does so well in showing you the bone, the soft tissue, the muscle, as well as the vessels. So where a plain film will show you very nicely the gunshot wound and a fractured femur, it can't tell you much about the vessels, the muscle, or anything else. So CT gives you that value proposition. We also talk about it, runoffs from the knee down, where we're doing patients with fibula flaps, facial reconstructive surgery, where you're gonna get a graft of the fibula. You want to look at the vessel supply before you choose what fibula you want to harvest. So we do those things. We also do a lot of cases with patients with peripheral vascular disease, patients with claudication. You want to know what the vessels look like. Okay, so those are some of the really big reasons we do runoff studies. We also do them in patients with soft tissue masses, tumors. So there are many different possibilities. We also do them as part of infection. Patients have an abscess or a mass. We want to know, is there vessel involvement? Can you do preoperative planning? So, so much of what we do relates to preoperative planning or planning management. So they become very important studies. Now, with runoff studies, the key things are timing of the contrast and speed of acquisition. So several things. One is we're typically doing arterial phase imaging. Often when you're doing a runoff study, depending on the situation, You'll be starting at the iliac crest going down through the feet. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. In, in trauma cases, you might be scanning from the head through the feet. So it could be a lot more than just those 3,000 slices from the crest to the feet. When we scan, we want to time arterially. So you can do that uh, off the aorta. That works pretty well. I will give you a hint that if you're doing peripheral vascular disease, often because of even if you time it well at the aortic bifurcation, patients with vascular disease have slow flow. It may be bilateral, it may be unilateral. So what we have our techs do is in cases of 
claudication or just run-up studies in older patients, we'll have them get a second run with the second run beginning just above the knee at the popliteal artery and going through the lower extremities. And that can be very valuable because on the earlier flow, you may not see flow in the vessels, the anterior tibial, posterior tibial, perineal, and you say, well, maybe it's occluded or maybe it's slow flow. I can't tell the difference. And then you didn't help the referring doc. So getting delayed. And for the techs, we just tell them the older patients just get delayed. Radiation's not an issue, particularly with skin, the lower extremity and we're scanning older patients. But even in younger patients, the dose uh, of a second run uh, portion from the knee down is not gonna be much of a challenge. Now, several things, protocols. You need a good injection, five cc's a second, at least four, works great. 120 to 120 cc's. If you're scanning chest, abdomen, pelvis runoff, you need to 120. You can use dual energy to get by with lower doses, okay? Of, of contrast, lower volumes of contrast, but key is fast injection rate. One of the challenges we have is calcification, and obviously in patients with trauma, patients with tumors, uh, those cases you're not really having issues because they're not typically older patients, but in older patients, like when you're looking for um, claudication or peripheral vascular disease generically, patients often have significant calcifications. Now, if it's just little spotty calcifications, there's no problem. But when you have very much pipe-like calcifications, it makes it very challenging because is, is the vessel patent or occluded? But if there's so much calcification, it's hard to tell. People have developed techniques with dual energy CT to be able to remove calcium. But the problem is, is when you have a lot of calcium in small vessels, it tends to remove too much and where you may have a lot of calcification, like in a, in a ring-type calcification, right, the vessel wall, it makes the vessel look occluded. So you have to do vessel tracking or look very carefully at the axials or a little bit of both, but relying on the computer to do it is very problematic. I will also say, and I've lectured on this many times, that when you have, you're doing the vessels where there's bone removal to get the vessels only away from the bone and everything, it's terrific, but make sure you look at the axial images. Particularly in the face of calcification, the programs could remove too much of the vessel, showing you that vessel's occluded or is a high-grade stenosis, and it's simply very bad calcification uh, and maybe some blooming artifact. So you want to be very, very careful in that regard. So that becomes very, very important uh, what you need to do in that scenario. So that's another thing that's, that's really, really important. I also want to say that we use 3D imaging routinely. I do look at the axials, but for the referring doc, and even for ourselves, when you want to look at the vessels, it's much easier to see them as a vascular map. Remove the bone, create a vascular map. MIP works particularly good. Again, MIP is more challenged when there's calcifications present. Uh, so also look at the volume rendering. Or you also can do um, vessel tracking. So you could put a point in the iliac and a point in the anterior tibial and the, uh, the computer will calculate the center line and then you'll show the whole vessel as long as the vessel is not occluded. So you may need to do numerous of those vessel trackings so you need to be very, very careful. Again, um, the 3D maps are especially valuable for the referring clinicians because they like to look at your report but they like to look at the images. 
Now, what they like to look at is angiograms in the classic sense, and angiograms would show all the vessels in their entirety. So if you really want to do a good job and be of great value to the referring clinicians, you also want to present it so it looks like an angiographic type appearance. So that becomes very, very valuable in that regard. So protocols are critical. Displays are critical, right? So I said 3D, MIP, volume rendering. I especially like volume rendering when you're looking at the muscle. Cinematic rendering is especially good. So if you have trauma and you have soft tissue injury and you have muscle injury and you have bone injury and you have vessel injury, MIP will show you the vessel well, but won't show you the muscle or the bone. And that's where the cinematic or volume rendering comes in and works out very, very nicely. Entry and exit wounds, the path of a stab wound, the path of a gunshot wound, the extent of trauma, all of those things are very, very well done when you look at the volume rendered images. So that becomes very important. So that becomes mandatory. So you need to know how to do that. And the techs need to know how to do that because many of these cases are in the middle of the night and then you don't want to wake up the radiologist um, to be able to create the images. Um, what else can I tell you? Those are the main things. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very good study. Patients with metal artifact can be a bit challenging, but you can do dual energy to reduce the artifact. And if there is artifact, by doing the reconstructions, you can get around a lot of the artifact. So it's really not going to be a problem. High accuracy, high sensitivity, high specificity is what CT runoffs can do. And again, if you have dual energy, dual energy is the ideal way to do it because then you have much better bone removal. But again, even with dual energy, uh, which promises removal of calcium, you need to be very, very careful. So I think that's where I'll stop. If you have any questions, just put them in the comment box and I'll be happy to answer the questions. Um, if not, I wish everybody a great day. Today's our last talk for the month of April. It's hard to imagine um, we're entering May. It was particularly hard to imagine this morning where it was in Baltimore it was 36 degrees. And last Sunday, I think it was 86 degrees. So it's been one of those rare and weird seasons where temperatures vary by 30 degrees in the same day and by 50 degrees a couple days apart. So, but uh, May is coming. And with May, hopefully, um, maybe we'll see a little bit of peace in the world. I know in Russia, May 9th is May Day. And I would hope that Putin would like to have everything in the Ukraine end by May 9th. And hopefully it'll end when both sides, particularly the Russian side, sees that peace is the only way of getting around, getting back to normal. Um, you know, it's just sad to see all of the civilian casualties and even the soldiers' casualties. I don't think those Russian soldiers really want to be in Ukraine. I think they want to be back home with their families. And so hopefully um, um, people will reach that conclusion that the war is not going to accomplish anything. And uh, to all those Ukrainian civilians, those who are still in the country, those who are in countries like Poland and Romania and even the United States and Israel and England and France and everywhere else, we wish them only our best. Now, CTSS is not political, but we are surely against unnecessary wars and unnecessary violence, and um, none of those things ever solve problems. So we're worried about patient care. 
all of us who listen to CT as us, we're worried about doing the best for our patients. And so we hope all of our patients, all potential patients, and all the doctors and radiologists who are in harm's way are also safe. And with that, have a great day.